Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, Cape Cod. It's high noon on Wednesday. Time for another Life with Gwen. It's the Cape Cod Times lifestyle talk show that's on each week and broadcast on Facebook Live. You can watch it anytime afterwards at capecodtimes.com, Life with Gwen. And if you'd rather listen, you can get it as a podcast if you just add the word podcast to that address. I am so excited today. We are out uh, and starting with our, our guest. I would like to introduce right away because we have a lot to do. Uh, if you have questions, feel free to, um, to type them in and we'll try and get to them as we do what we're doing today, which is very exciting. Kim Rumberger from Hyannis, thank you so much for coming in. Now, you are, and I'll get the order wrong in these words, but you are a metal, a Cape Cod metal uh, jewelry artist. Did yes. I get all the words there? Pretty much, yes. Okay. Uh, yes, I work with metal clay, uh -huh. which is different than wire or sheet metal because it's actually powdered metal suspended in a methyl cellulose base, which is kind of like pulverized paper. Um, and it's treated differently. It's fired, actually, to become solid metal from a clay state. And you are, you are a very ambitious woman because you brought all the stuff with you, and you're, gonna, you're going to, in the next half hour, Kim is going to uh, actually make something to show us how her work is, is done. And then uh, we're going to talk about where you can uh, go on and take a class if you're interested. But so I'm going to ask you if you can talk and use your hands at the same time. Oh, absolutely. Great. So what, what I want to start with is um, showing everybody what the clay actually looks like. It comes in packages. Um, it was invented by Mitsubishi in Japan. The car maker? They make a lot of different things, huh. um, but this is a, a byproduct of a manufacturing process, and they had all this powdered plain silver with nothing mixed in with it. Um, it's called fine silver, and it's 0.999 pure. Um, they wanted to do something with it because it was a lot of waste, Yes, and this was in the early 80s, I understand. And they ended up, it actually has a recycled symbol on there. Um, they ended up combining it to make a putty-like substance that can be um, carved into, pushed into molds. Um, you do have to have a little uh, badger balm or um, olive oil on your hand so it doesn't stick. It's pretty sticky, but it is fine, fine, fine powdered silver in a clay base. And that package you showed us, mm -hmm. does, does that come in this form or do you need to mix it with something? Or This particular brand comes in lump clay form mm -hmm. like this, but you can also get brands that are powder and you mix them yourself. With just water. Right. Oh, with water. Yep. Okay. This is a water-based product. Um, and it, it kind of looks, I like to treat it as though I'm using pie crust dough. Mm -hmm. It feels like that. You roll it with a rolling pin. My rolling pin is a little piece of PVC. Um, you can push patterns into it. You know how you use your fork to crimp the sides of a, a pie crust. Well, this You could use a fork and make a pattern in this and have a really pretty piece and I see that you're doing much more complex things than that. Um, we can see from all of your uh, 
all of your work here. And we have our, oh, we see people like your, your work because Julie Gardner Johnson is asking, do you sell locally to Cape Cod gift shops? I do have my work, Julie, in um, Redfish, Bluefish, and I'm going to be adding some more pieces there. As far as stores go, that's where I, the only place I am now. But I'm a shanty artist, which means um, for different times during the summer, I will be up on the new Overlook shanties next weekend and the weekend after, and I may periodically open during the week if I, you know, if the weather permits and such. But I'm also down by Hyannis Harbor in those shanties later this summer. And then in June, I will also be in the Orleans Cottages, the art cottages over by um, the Hot Chocolate Sparrow. And is this, I want to make sure I understand, is this starting Memorial Day weekend or the weekend after Memorial Day? The Hyannis shanties are open now. So right. the Bismarck will you be, and the Overlook. Will you be there this weekend, Memorial Day weekend? Yes, yes, I will so, be. Great. Yes. So yes. you can uh, come and meet her on Memorial Day. And the nice thing is, you know, we don't know exactly where you will be, so you can meet other artists while you're out there and, and uh, get a real sense of what's going on in, in the artist community. Uh, let's see. Where are the Overlook shanties? You take that one. So it's at the intersection of Ocean Street and C Street. There's that kind of funny maybe five-way little intersection with the crossway. The walkway to the sea goes up towards yes. the town hall. Right. So just above there, there's a, a little hill, and they've put three new cottages up there, and they hope to add two more. Great. And they've also added a little picnic area and some Adirondack chairs that look over the harbor. It's really pretty. So now, are you going, you're not going down towards town hall. You're going more like towards the Maritime Museum? It's actually on the same side as the town hall. Mm -hmm. So... Um, it's to the left, if you're walking, to the left of the sidewalk that takes you to Main Street. Okay. And the whole effort here is to connect Main Street with the harbor. It's right. I was going to mention that uh, I've been uh, writing and reading about that effort uh, through the Mid-Cape Cultural Council. Which but I we don't want to get distracted to. because you have a lot to do here today. I do have a lot to do. So, um, so it's going to be fun to be up there, though. I hope people come and visit us. Absolutely. Do you work when you're there? Yes. Okay, so you can see this again, um, watch it again here, and then see it in real life and ask questions. True. So um, now you want to? I want to talk about the beautiful piece that you're wearing, but I also want you to be able to stay on schedule with what you're doing. So what should we do next? Right. Well, actually, I'm going to take that little hot piece off the. I've got a, a teacup warmer here that okay. I have to dry my work on. And um, I started to prepare a piece that I can fire with the torch while I'm here. I do want to note that I don't fire with the torch when I'm in the shanties because okay. it's a wooden structure. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, I take it um, home. And Kim, do that. so is this. <laughs> <laughs> so. But I've got good torch skills. Good. No worries. Good. So what I started with, and I just want to quickly show, um, I take two-part silicone plastic, and okay. you mix it together equal parts until you don't see any streaks and you can push things into it. So this is a um, Hyannis port scallop that I picked up and I made a silicone flexible mold out of it. Oh, that's great. Now is that, can, do you have to send away for that or can you buy that in local craft shops or? Um, I think you might be able to get some of this at AC Moore or Michael's mm -hmm. um, and this particular brand I did order online. Okay. So a lot of my supplies aren't carried by anyone. It comes right. from Europe or, you know, so I have to go online, unfortunately, but my students can get it from me. So I'm the local source now. Great. Um, so the, 
this was pushed into the um, mold that I just showed you, and that's the silver clay. So I'm going to be working on this while we talk about my necklace. Okay. And uh, actually, I'd like to talk about you for a moment first, because um, with, with the exception of, of basically one class, uh, Kim Rumberger is self-taught. And she's been doing this since high school, so um, she's had a lot of a lot of trial and error, and and is telling me that that anyone who's interested in doing it can come to a class and and do trial and error as well. So that uh, it's even though there's looks like a lot of pieces, it's nothing to be intimidated by. If you like what you see and you want to learn to do it, we can get you uh, hooked up with some of of Kim's classes. So. All right, what is she doing now? Yes. So this little piece of clay was, was soft, and I put it on the hot plate, and now it's hardened up a bit. And I'm taking a little bit of, um, this is like a sandpaper sponge, mm -hmm. and I'm just brushing the edges to get it smooth because it was all rough and jagged. And I hope okay. everybody can really see. I can go a little yep. closer. Um, but you don't want any, if this is a pendant that I'm making, and it's got a little hole there to put a jump ring through, you don't want it to catch on your skin or pull your clothing. Right. So you want to make sure that it's completely smooth. So it's opposite of regular silversmithing, which is what I was doing as a, a high school and college student. Um, when you make something direct fabrication with wire and with sheet, you buff it after to make it soft. Mm -hmm. With the clay, you buff it first before you fire it. And then it comes out perfect when it's finished. Oh, great. Um, you do polish it, but you polish it in a different way. You can do it traditionally with like a Dremel or a flex shaft and little rotary tools. But um, I throw this in a tumbler with steel shot, jeweler shot, mm -hmm. and it'll be in there like 45 minutes to an hour, and it comes out to a gorgeous finish. These guys just came out of my tumbler yesterday. You can see how nice and shiny my little fish it's beautiful. So they, they go for a swim when <laughs> they're, they're first born. <laughs> in the jewelry tumbler, that's right. Yes. So um, I'm going to run over the steps really quickly mm -hmm. in case anyone uh, listening to the podcast has missed them. Um, or better yet, I'm going to have you run over the steps. The very first thing you did before we even went on air was to take your scallop shell and to uh, – push it into the silicon uh, combination, silicon clay. If I'd known there was a test, I would have taken notes. <laughs> um, and, um, and that produced this clay piece that you're working with now. I pushed my clay into the mold mm -hmm. and then trimmed off the excess around the edges and set it on the, um, uh, the little hot plate there. And I, I think what you just did was to open up the uh, space where the necklace is going to go. I did. I used my little file very carefully because this is starting to get brit brittle. Okay. Um, but this clay actually has a little flexibility. Some of it's a lot more brittle. It comes, there's all kinds. This is a bronze. Mm -hmm. This is a copper. Oh, yeah. And they have a lot of weight. I don't know if you want to feel oh, this. Sure. You're going to be surprised. Oh, wow. I am surprised. It, uh, I don't know how to impart this to, um, to, to those of you who are watching and those of you who are listening. But uh, it does. It has, oh, I don't know. What would you say? Not that it matters well, a lot, but it's heavy. Grams, but 200 grams. It is. Okay. It's very dense so. because powdered metal. Right. Absolutely. But it's flexible. So that's okay. Flexible. It also comes in a syringe form, which uh, um, allows you to like squirt over, hold stones in place. Um, a lot of my mermaids and things that I make, I put curly hair with the syringe. Oh, so, so once you once you've made your your mold, 
you get to you add decorate. this detail. It's almost like frosting a cake. Mm -hmm. So I have all these little syringes. This helps me squeeze it. Um, and it also comes in a paper form, believe it or not. This is the paper clay. This is silver. Wow. But it's flexible and it can be bent and, you know, formed in different ways. You can use a punch and cut out shapes uh -huh. for a very delicate look. Um, some beautiful. people do origami with it and fire that. Oops. So um, it's really, really cool stuff. That That is amazing. I, you know, I'm, other before I met you, I'd never actually heard of, of any of this. You know, it, yeah. it's amazing. The word that came to mind for me was alchemy. You're just uh, totally taking something... And now I know it's a recycled something and uh, turning it into beautiful pieces. And I think it's time to talk about the one on your neck. Okay. So now if we look right at, there we go, right at Kim. Why don't you talk about this? Because this is special also because it has a, um, a history behind it, it. So I was lucky enough to be asked this year to be a part of the Mutual Muses at the Cultural Center in Yarmouth. And it's an event once a year where they pair a poem and a visual art piece together in two different ways. Um, in, on one hand, I was given a poem, and I was lucky to have Lauren Wolk, who is an amazing poet and author and a great lady. And, and recently um, in everyone's attention for uh, Wolf Hollow, mm -hmm. which she turned into a play, and yeah. so she was, uh, she was the poet you were working with? Yes. So I got her poem, and it was called the other side of everything and it's about a goose who's flying towards a distant star and how if she were the goose she'd hope that you were waiting there hearing the wings flutter as it you know that it was really really nice poem so I decided to make a flying goose and I had this gorgeous um, landscape jasper these jaspers are just amazing and um, and you're talking about the stone, the stone. You know, sort of like assume we're we're starting from from scratch on these things. So, um, you said uh, uh, Jasper uh, because that's the artist, or no? Because it looked like the goose could be flying over green grasses and water, and you know, it just looked to me like a perfect scenery for the it, size of the goose. It does. In fact, um, before I knew about the poem and the goose, I was thinking that it very much is reminiscent of, of time alone on a beach. Mm, so Nice. And then there's the star. There's a little tiny lab-grown diamond, which I fired in place. Um, the jasper stone could not be fired in the kiln. This was kiln-fired because mm -hmm. it's so large. So the stones were applied afterwards, which is a little more difficult with this clay because one thing I, I want to explain, when the clay is fired the base burns away. And you'll see that when I do this little shell. Um, when the base burns, you get a little bit of smoke for a few minutes, um, seconds really, and then a little tiny flame. Um, and that All that paper is gone. So what happens to the molecules? Well, they all get hot and decide, oh wow, we're all the same. So they find their, you know, their physical base and they all link together. So um, it's a chemical and physical yes, process called sintering. So this With is a C or S, an S? S-I-N-T-E-R. Mm -hmm. And a lot of um, machine parts are made in a sintering process, but somebody came up with, why don't we use the silver and make sintered jewelry? So that's, again, the difference between um, using a, a torch and solder. Mm -hmm. I'm just using the clay. But here is a pendant that I made, and I'll go up front again. This is the stamp that I used in the clay. And this is the pendant after it came out of the kiln. And you can see it shrunk. It can go anywhere from shrinkage of 10 
to 15, 20%, depending on the product that you're because using. Because you're literally eliminating the paper bulk exactly. that was in there. So exactly. And the water too. So it, it's pretty cool that it shrinks, but also to set a stone that's not in there at the time when it shrinks is a little tricky. Yeah. So this took several That would attempts. be several classes and, and attempts. Very, very I think advanced. we'll start with the basic stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and just the concept of, of uh, working this way is something that I'd never heard of. And I think you were telling me that it's getting very popular here, but in, it's more popular right now in Europe and Japan. Well, it's, yeah, it started in Japan, and you can find a lot of um, UK participants. There are great pages on Facebook that you join, and everybody shares their work and techniques, and they help each other out. Um, but it started to spread to the United States, and there's a couple of meetings. I think every three years there's one, and I missed it last summer, um, where people come from all over the United States and stay together for about a week and work, which is nice. I'd love to go to one of those. Um, but they do that a lot in Europe. Great. Well, well, we will leave everyone who's watching. And, and if you've just joined us, we're here with Kim Rumberger. I love that name, Kim. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like your, your fairy tale came to life. <laughs> so I just really think it's, uh, it's very fanciful. Okay. Now, you've worn it for, that's your married name? That's my married name. Right. And my husband is Tim Rumberger, so, you know. We also answer the phone yes. for each other. I know your your husband uh, is an educator in Mashpee, right? Yes, he is. And you have three grown boys who have we a do. lot of accomplishments. But we need to stick with our jewelry making for today. Yes. I have to keep us on track. And I'm getting worried because I know that's over there getting hot. Why is it getting hot? Because I'm taking the liquid out of it. Oh, okay. All right. So if you were to just put the torch on it when the liquid was there, it would try to escape really quickly. And it would deform. Like it's, it's, it would get soggy. It's like bubbles in crust. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. steam tries to get out, and the metal is shrinking. Therefore, you could have cracks and bubbles and fissures, you know. Ah. So you want to dry it completely. So you you use the uh, the dryer is very important. It's very the, uh, important. Not only could it keep your coffee hot if you put it on there, um, but um, it, uh, which seems like a really simple little device, you know, that you can buy. It's nothing fancy. It's not made for jewelry, but it works, right? Yes, and in my studio, I actually have a frying pan hot plate. Oh, and, okay. And an old dehydrator, fruit dehydrator kind of thing that was my father-in-law's. It's ancient, but it works great. Well, you know, Kim, I usually try to uh, pair something in the paper with um, with something that is happening on the show, but um, I couldn't figure out how to do that because today's the food page. <laughs> However, it seems like you're doing that. You have a lot of kitchen wares that you're yes. using in this process, and I, I did want to say for all of you grilling um, fans, um, uh, Stephen Reichlin, who is on, on Martha's Vineyard and in Miami has a new series and book, Project Fire, so... In a way, we are dealing with fire here and there. Uh, could you just wait for it to dry is the question we have from the audience. Absolutely. You could dry it overnight on a, a little plate or something, you know, like a coffee. And let the air do the job for you. Let the air do the job. Yeah, okay. That's but we only have fun. a half hour to make it, so we, we're heating it up. Yes. And some of the things that you can do besides pressing it into a mold is roll textures into it. I use rubber stamps. Um, Texture tiles of different types. I noticed that you did um, 
uh, letter uh, tiles on one of your necklaces. I don't know if you have it up here, but uh, on your website, I, I saw that. So you can do people's names and yeah, you can. all kinds of things. Yep. It's yeah. almost like making sugar cookies. Here we go back to the food. Yep, that's right. <laughs> and I can't think of a, a better thing to be able to, you know, like, you come to the Cape for a romantic weekend. You go, you know, and you look for shells. Uh, don't take too much because I don't think you're supposed to take a lot. But take a shell or two and then make it into jewelry, you know, as, as, a, as a present. What an exciting way to preserve an experience. It is pretty great. And what's nice about my classes is the, uh, even the beginners, everybody goes home having made a basic pendant like I'm doing today or a pair of earrings or a charm. Um, you, you finish it, and you, it's pure silver. 0.999 is the highest quality silver that there is, that, that no impurities, basically. Um, I'm moving my tray here so that I can try. Yeah, I think we can see. So you're going to take this piece made of metal clay. You're going to add fire, and it's going to become a silver piece. Yes. I, I'm, like, awed. So sterling silver is a mix I was just filling my butane. This is a creme brulee torch, by the way. Okay. So um, it's uh, any kitchenware. Again, I'm firing on, this is a piece of a kiln shelf on top of a piece of carb, uh, yeah, carbon. And I have a little kiln blanket, which is kind of like a fiberglassy thing to keep a pillow mm -hmm. under my little shell. I usually put my and and initials. that I would imagine is flame retardant. So because yes. this seriously, folks, you should take a class and and uh, and if you're not familiar with metalworking, you want to be careful with this kind of thing. Yeah, but it's pretty easy. It's a little yeah. hot still, but so I just carved my initials. I was wondering what you're doing over there. Yeah, I like to either have my fingerprints or my initials on my pieces, but um, sometimes I use my little stamp. All right, so I have water. I have a. Uh, pair of copper tongs. Okay. And I just cleared my area a little copper bit. Copper tongs to hold it while you're firing it? Yes. Okay. No, at, when, I, when I'm when i finished, it's going to go right in that water. Oh, I see. Okay. So I'm starting my torch. Okay. Just the flame. So it's nice and clean. And when you say clean, you mean burning blue like that? Yeah. So okay. the hottest part of the flame is right there at the tip of the corona. You okay. want it to be really well defined. You don't want a lot of yellow flame. It's not as hot. So now you're going to see that binder. Okay. Start to go. A little bit of flame. Oh, you know what I need to do? Now she says, yeah. you know what I need to do? Burn off, but um, <laughs> cell phone or a timer. We need to watch the clock for three minutes. Oh, we have someone to help us, producer Patty Bangert. That would be awesome. She's here, and she's setting, I think. Yes. Nod. You're setting? Okay. So the binder is all burned off. That's how quick it is. Wow. And even with me not with the torch on it. And so um, under these studio lights, it's a little bit hard to see, but you need to do it by visual temperature. So um, I'm not measuring it with a thermometer, but I can see it's kind of supposed to be a salmon glow. Okay. And so I may be going a little higher than that because the lights are so bright in here. Mm -hmm. Usually I do this on my cookie sheet, um, on my little kiln shelf uh, you can't do it on a regular brick because the brick uh brings it, the heat away from your piece oh, you have okay. to use um, bricks that are made for a kiln but you try to maintain this salmon color for three minutes okay and if it gets too red and you see little sparkles of light it's kind of starting to burn up and you could melt this down to like a little blob 
Like when you know you've put something in the microwave for too long. Kind of, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And there are certain stones that you can do this with. Um, you could, I could actually fire. You can't fire a piece that's too big with a torch. It has to go in the kiln because you just don't get the amount of heat that you need for the right amount of time. But smaller pieces like this yeah. are perfect. But you can actually include stones that are fire safe. So this little shell is starting to shrink. And when when you're done with the fire, we can, uh, if it's not too hot or after it goes in the water, we can show them the color maybe. Lift it up just a little. I, I don't want to do anything dangerous, but. Can they, can you see that? I don't know if I can. Oh, that's okay. That's fine. That yep. Okay. That's good. Yeah. So this is a taste today. If you're interested, go and see Kim doing it in person. Uh, we knew it would be a little bit of a challenge because there's a, a few steps to it, but uh, we're up for a challenge. And it's always fun. I can actually smell the the um, the torch yeah, as it's firing. It's the um, a combination of that little bit of paper that burned off, and mm -hmm. then the heating of this little blanket. So I can see a little bit of silver glint on the edges towards me, which means I've got it a little hotter than it needs to be, and I okay. don't want it to get bubbly or blustery. Okay. Um, but I just have to adjust because of the bright light. I usually turn the light off, but the you, fan on. On. Do you want the light off? No, we can okay. try it that it's way. Okay. This is fine. This beautiful studio that the the folks here made, and uh, with their uh, their homemade light system that works works great usually. Yeah. But you are the first guest to bring fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Now, my dad was a plumber and a potter, so I learned to use a plumber's torch. So you're very comfortable with this. That's why when I found this online, um, the story is that. I finally got to a point where I wanted to start making jewelry again, and I went the um, direct fabrication way and took a class at the uh, Bead Emporium. A man from Washington State did a weekend class, and it was like riding a bike. I'm like, okay, great. Now i got to buy the tools. Mm -hmm. So I went online and researched, and I kept seeing metal clay. I said, what the heck is that? And I was hooked. Yay. Okay. Three-minute timer Three up. Thank you yep. so much. Always oh, there it is. It's okay. That's our timer. That's our alarm. It's okay, here so every morning. You might hear this if you listen. Okay. There we go. Cool. Quenched. And now, this is metal. So this is what silver looks like when it's been heated with a torch. Uh, fine silver, anyway. It's nice and white because it doesn't have copper, tin, or nickel. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take a steel brush. And what's happening right now is the surface is porous. So it's diffusing light, so it looks white because it's sending the light all over. But if we brush and tumble, you can actually see it start to look, get that silver look because the it's molecules are flattened. Amazing! All I'm doing is flattening the molecules right now. Truly, so. I can I can tell how people felt in uh, the uh, medieval times when when the alchemist showed up and said, "Let me show you what can happen with this." That yeah. is amazing. So what I'm getting right now is a brushed. Um, finish because obviously I'm brushing the metal. Mm -hmm. So it's got little tiny lines in it. But if I were to put this in the tumbler, and I hope we can get a good, good look at that. It's still white on the back, but I can start to work this off. Is there a time element here, Kim? Do you need to do this within a certain time? No. You're brushing, you know, to get the no, silver? No. So you could do a bunch of pieces and then put them all in the tumbler. Yep, you just have to brush them before they go in the tumbler, but no, everything's fine. So when they come out of the tumbler, this is really pretty. Um, this wasn't 
the pearl wasn't in the tumbler, but that's a little rain. But um, I also applied a patina. Mm -hmm. So the darker areas are um, tarnished on purpose using liver of sulfur, which smells like rotten eggs. These earrings here are not patinaed. Okay. So beautiful. Um, they, those were made with a, a cute little daisy rubber stamp. Um, this piece here is a vessel and it's a necklace with a pendant. And it says, set the artist free on the inside with some music. Oh, that's this was gorgeous. A, a piece in response to um, uh, freedom of expression, it was called last year. Mm -hmm. It's a jury show. I, I try to enter as many jury show, shows as I can. That one didn't quite make it, but it's still a nice piece. It's, it's, it's amazing the, the fact that you can take your creativity and, and pour it into these sort of elemental things, because it's always, it's always like pure metals, right? Um, well, silver, I mean, the silver. silver is pure, but so this is bronze, and this is a, a matchstick case, mm -hmm. and these are different colored bronzes, the clay is actually made in Australia, Aussie metal clay. So um, this is a mix of copper and tin in different quantities to get the reddish color, the yellowish color, the whitish color. And um, that's fired in a kiln. That's beautiful. And, you know, I sort of see, oh, wait a minute. You know, we're having so much fun that I didn't even notice that Patty was selling us. We have two minutes. Um, but uh, I was going to say that that would make a nice business card uh, holder, too, because be on your desk and, and it would always uh, ignite conversation. Yes, that's so, a good idea. Now, quickly, in these two minutes, mm -hmm. tell me, uh, I know that in the past you've taught at Cape Cod Museum uh, of Art at the, the Cultural um center of Cape Cod, and um, and that you do a class, a different class than this, at the Barnstable Senior Center, where you help people learn to fix their heirloom jewelry yes. so that things can stay in the family. So there's a lot to know about you, and, and this is what we chose to start with today, but tell me where people can find you, and when if you have classes planned right now, um, you'll be at the Shanties, but you're also online? Yes, I have a website. It's called metalandbeads.com. Okay. Um, and some of my artwork needs to be updated there. That's my task for the summer. Um, but you will find I have a class coming up in at the Sandwich Art Alliance, and it's a beginning um, silver clay class. You'll leave with a pendant or something. Great. And um, how, how much do the classes tend to cost, just to give people an idea? And what would it kind of be the base of getting into this? Is it, you know, when you're just starting out? It's just starting out. It's usually 45 or $55. It's okay. usually set by the place that I teach. Mm -hmm. Um, and if it's a one-time class, it's that. Or sometimes I have like a four-part series. I do have more advanced classes. But it's the summertime, so I'm a little light on the scheduling right now because I'll be doing shows. So um, you can check my website or you can look at the Cultural Center's website, Okay. Uh, the Cape Cod Museum of Art. Get on their mailing lists on the Sandwich Art Alliance site. Um, some libraries I also teach. So if you you want to find classes, you can get on the, the mailing lists. And Kim hasn't mentioned, but she and her husband also teach cooking classes. So thank you to our guest who is endlessly entertaining and so creative. It's really, really wonderful to have you here. Thank you. It's thank you so much. Here. Can I hold it? Yes. Oh, wow. My hands are warm from firing. Absolutely. So it's a real piece Beautiful. of silver. Beautiful. And it's fun. Sure was. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.
listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.